Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are Welcome you? To our <laughs> I'm this good. This is the part I don't get. I'm Bay, and I'm Jay, and we are live on a Thursday night. But live and kicking episode 51 nice i think yeah yeah because last <laughs> or two weeks ago was episode 50 yeah we had our... is still wearing her glasses i'm still i'm still going strong i had a little bit of a headache so i thought it was probably for the best that i blocked those those blue lights so has it yeah. helped do you think I think so. I really do. Considering how often I'm on the computer, I'll take any form of eye protection because yeah. I don't want to end up having to like actually need, <laughs> need glasses. <the> glasses. <laughs> you know, like remember when you're young and like you read with like poor lighting, you're gonna need glasses one oh, day. Yeah. <laughs> All this myth. If you keep reading in the dark. <laughs> well, it probably makes your eyes stronger, if anything, I would think. I don't know training them I guess yeah you're right didn't think about that that's probably true then my eyes yeah. must be super strong because I live in the <laughs> you did oh my gosh your room is a cave I always you, liked it that up. way I was always very very comforted. that's how that's how my fiance likes it too he's yeah. got the the curtains that block out all the light I'm like can we turn on a lamp <laughs> <laughs> just so I can see where I'm going yeah now uh now I feel like I'm starting to revert back more into into appreciating some sun some vitamin d yeah it's very we got important. out so much this year because of the vax or not vaccine because of the um pandemic you know because yeah like anytime you wanted to see someone and had to be outside right six feet apart you know so I feel like I got a lot of time outside when I really really liked it I really, really liked it. So I cannot wait for the sun. The sunshine will come out. I, I took it for granted. And now that it's, oh, today was so cold. It was like the wind And the chill. wind was l- like legit today. I was like hearing yeah. it up against the house. It felt like I was in a scary movie. <laughs> you know, screech, screech. We have this like rose tree bush thing on the side of the house. And it, it's like like growing up the side, and it definitely like screeches up against the Ooh. the walls. Oh, that's crazy. Like, ur, 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 ur. Yeah, my dog kept thinking someone was at the door, and it's like, no, it's just the door blowing. <laughs> 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 the screen door. So well, I believe I, it's, it's your turn to go turn. first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine this week is going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, knowing me, you can never, you never can tell because I go on and on and on and you can't make me stop. <laughs> um, you're welcome. Just saying. Um, we are so grateful. We are, you <laughs> should be. You absolutely should be. This is, this is a tribute to you. But um, <laughs> I, I think mine's going to be kind of shorter. Uh, so whenever like I hear a pot, a topic, like on another podcast I always try and like make it like kind of different so it's not like just like a complete and total copy and of course one of our favorite podcasts um is my favorite murder so one of the older episodes because I definitely haven't listened in 
I'm nowhere near caught up. Um, so I think it was like from, I don't know, four or five months ago, um, one of the podcasters on the show is, his name is Karen and she was doing uh, the Beast of Gévaudan. And so this is a French themed topic. Oh. Um, so I'm not just gonna like talk about the Beast of Gévaudan, that's a part of it, but that really inspired uh, my topic so apparently, so the part I don't get is why are the French so concerned with werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That is a French thing. <laughs> and like, I've never heard about that until I heard it on the podcast. <laughs> why do the French give a shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, Nobody is else the, cares. <laughs> what is it about the French and werewolves? You know what I mean? So, um, and like, I know that you speak conversational French and you're trying to learn um, yeah, and like, you know, reinvigorate and that you're a French minor. So I was like, you know what, that Jay will appreciate this. Um, so yeah. you've heard of the werewolf fascination with the French culture? Um, I just feel like maybe I'm thinking of the underworld movies, but I just feel like there was always some sort of Eiffel Tower in the background or... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you know what? Actually, I maybe I listened to a, a actually the podcast you recommended, Lure, Lore, Lure, Lure, <laughs> Lore, Lore. And what are you? About, like? They talk oh, about. Oh, you know what? That, that would have been really good research. I should have listened to yeah. more because I'm pretty sure there's at least one, probably more episodes. But I can't. I, I know it. he talks about the French like connection there, but I honestly don't even remember. He didn't have like, he didn't have a whole lot on it. Oh, okay. Okay. Because some of those episodes are so fascinating. You're like, really? That's where that And it's like kind of creepy in a way. Okay. Well, he does the, the most in-depth research. This is not that. Okay. So just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's get started. Well, he probably has a team. (laughs) So the part that I don't get is what's the deal with the French and werewolves? Like, what is that about? So um, <laughs> the European idea of what we call a werewolf and, and just in case we're unaware, okay? A werewolf <laughs> is, you know, I wanna make sure that yeah, I'm you know, scaffolding this and front loading information for those of us who need it, okay? Yes. So a <laughs> werewolf or a lycanthrope, if you will, uh, is a man or woman or non-binary individual, essentially a human being, okay, that Fair. can transform themselves into a wolf. There are some stories where they can do it at will, like at any point in time. And then there are other stories where they can only do it during the time of a full moon. Full moon. Yeah. Okay. So really think back to Twilight, you know, and really take this in. Uh, but oh, Twilight, yeah, they really got it right. Good I'm sure. one. Uh, another good. Let's one not forget Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the original right. and the MTV remake. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Wasn't it? Uh, it's the dude from Back to the Future that was yeah, in the original. Yes, that's it. So uh, the original European idea of what we would call a werewolf comes from essentially like Northern Europe um, and like pagan uh, tribes, specifically like a warrior class of Germanic tribes in, in Europe. You can even think of like the Vikings bringing this 
a lore and idea with them as they travel further south. So they uh, think that this is because, you know, the wolf at that time was thought to be like a really important symbol of both a hunter and a fighter. So like a strong symbol, nothing negative associated with it at the time. So the concept of a half wolf, half man, AKA werewolf really caught on in France around uh, 1200 AD. Whoa. So when Christianity Whoa. came in, you know, pagan beliefs started to fade away and they were becoming suppressed throughout the world. So ideas of these wolfmen, wolfwoman, wolf people, um, werewolves started to become associated with evil things like the devil. Um, in France, wolf killing became an official state function under Charlemagne in the 800s with the formation of the Louvaterie. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, mm -hmm. Wolf hunters is I guess what that means who operated uh, all the way up until the 1880s. So uh, it's really started to take, take shape after 1200 AD. Of course, after, um, so after that, they're like, okay, the wolf is like an evil omen. You know, it's associated with things like the devil. Werewolves are bad, essentially, is what they were thinking. And we've all heard of the trials of, you know, hundreds and thousands, potentially thousands of women who were accused and put on trial for being witches. Mm -hmm. But apparently this happened to a lot of people, especially in France, for being werewolves. Wow, interesting. So they were accused of raiding and killing cattle um, while they were supposedly in their werewolf state. And these trials spread across Europe and they really peaked in in France, uh, especially between the 1600s and the 1700s. And there's even what people refer to as the French werewolf ap epidemic that lasted <laughs> from 1520 to 1630. I mean, like, <laughs> that's insane. Like, I the coronavirus was a bad <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine like 110 years of looking over your shoulder thinking that there are werewolves running about all the time. And like, I think it would be pretty easy to prove. Like, don't you just like notice that, that Joe's not turning into a wolf? <laughs> and then you're like, all right, Joe, you can go. You're you innocent. Know, like <laughs> well, it, I guess it depends if they can help it or not. Maybe they think that the werewolves They're just suppressing it or whatever, I guess. Or that, you know now that they've been caught they they are unable to do it you know like how if you see santa like he won't come kind yeah. of thing yeah, <laughs> yeah there is like you know like if you're if you're looking at it it won't happen kind of thing yeah, yeah. well they were pretty superstitious to say the least so <laughs> this was france's version of the european witch trials and executions known as the french werewolf epidemic and um, it's almost exactly the same, but you know, with werewolves. And this is like the huge part that I didn't get. I was like, the French werewolf epidemic, tell me more. <laughs> so uh, for 110 years, 30,000 people were accused of being werewolves. Mm -hmm. And they were very unfortunately tortured in exchange for their confessions or of course, oh lack God. of admission of guilt. And then they even were put to death and died at the stake. 
because they were thought to be werewolves at this time. So of course, right as um, the werewolf trials started to die out in France, um, people actually did start to die in 1764 in the rural area of southern France called Gévaudan. So bodies were found mutilated and it looked like they had been attacked by a very large animal and there were a lot of survivors of these attacks and then their uh, retold accounts of what had happened to them have been well documented since, since this time, since 1764. And they claimed that it was a, a really, really large wolf the size of a horse that had a terrible roar that had come and tried to kill them and tried to eat them. So among panicked peasants, there was this speculation, of course, that these attacks were not of a man, but of a werewolf. And this is where we also hear the word uh, loop-garou. So apparently loop means wolf and then garou is like the werewolf. Um, so of course they brought in those famed wolf hunters that we heard that started in the 800s. And apparently thousands of people scored the woods of Gévaudan and the valleys and they started hunting for this monster wolf and this monster wolf became known as the beast of Gévaudan. So they ended up killing more than a hundred wolves mm -hmm. that they had thought were this beast. Um, and then they, each time they're like, all right, we got it. It's kind of like Jaws, you know, like, <laughs> we got it. Is this it? <laughs> because if you see like the first Jaws movie, they, they're like the shark hunters and they kill like the one shark. And then the guy's like, there's no way that's it. And they're like, this mm -hmm. is it. He so ate my entire them. boat. It's not that one. <laughs> yeah. It's not that little guy over there. Trust me. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so unfortunately, they did kill many, many wolves throughout France, thinking that they had killed the beast of Gévaudan. But of course, the attacks kept going. So then they were like, all right, we didn't get him. So eventually, 113 lives were, people were killed. 113 people hmm. were killed over a course of three years. And they were so Because frequent. of this, this beast. This unknown beast, yeah. So the attacks were so frequent that uh, Louis the Fifteenth even offered a bounty for its head. Eventually, um, of course, over the course of the three years, the event the attacks stopped. Um, and you know, a lot of people think that it was like a man. Some people think that um, you know it could have been many wolves, many different animals. It could have been. Um, you know, uh, like a combination of like a serial killer and an animal. I mean, this is the 1700s. We have to imagine that things definitely went awry. Mm -hmm. But the, all of the bodies, of course, were found in like a similar state. You know, like they had been attacked viciously by something. Mm -hmm. um, and they were all in that general area. But eventually the attacks ended after 113 people had died and many witnesses had also recounted the story. So a vet biologist, Carl Hans Take, says that the beast was probably killed eventually by 
poison because they had also like put out like poison bait oh. all around the area as well. And he thinks that that's probably what happened to it rather than them actually hunting it down. And then take this biologist actually thinks that the beast probably wasn't a wolf or loop garou that um, in National Geographic, he, he wrote that, quote, there can be no reasonable doubt that the beast was a lion, namely oh. a subadult male, end quote. So he thinks that there was a private menagerie of animals nearby and this, this lion just happened to escape <laughs> and then kill people for three years and no one like, <laughs> you know, like really I guess no lived to tell that tale, you know? I mean, like, I, I guess, I mean, I assume like if you're in Southern France in the late 1700s, I mean, yeah, like if you're a peasant farmer, how many lions have you seen? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, let's, because they said it looked like a horse, right? They said it was a wolf the size of a horse with a great and terrible roar. Well, that matches. And they already have this giant fear of werewolves already. Yeah. That's been Although brewing a up a I storm. Think, I thought a horse would, was bigger than a lion, but I guess they just, Maybe that was, it was the leaping thing to compare it to <laughs> yeah and i mean yeah that would be yeah i mean the only thing, thing i could think of like that's like a big thing that has four legs i mean they're not going to compare it i think to like a cow yeah yeah there's no so, way a cow could <laughs> he thinks this biologist thinks that it was potentially just like an escaped lion um so apparently to this day um you know this has come over even to french can't canadian folklore even mm -hmm. and you can see it in um like louisiana as well like in cajun culture they oh, talk cool. about the loop garou so like in louisiana cajun parents will warn their children that if you're not good you know the loop garou will eat you like at night <laughs> if you misbehave like it's like like, Krampus. Like, like a boogeyman <laughs> character yeah um and even now there are still what what they call annual loop garou hunts so i looked this up to try and find where <laughs> these take place and what exactly they entail but the <laughs> website did not exactly leave much to, i mean it left a lot to the imagination it essentially said that it was free <laughs> and um, no. the, one, the one that i found was at was in in celebration of French Canadian Heritage Week, and it was in Michigan, and it was like at this museum, the Monroe County Museum, and they were having this like celebration for French Canadian Heritage Week. So one of their events was an annual Loup Garou hunt. So I'm not quite hey. sure what you do on a Loup Garou hunt. I tried to look for those details, but came up empty. Sounds like um, a good bachelorette party. So. <laughs> 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 so, um, but I think this, that was like an older, I, I think that was pre-COVID that that website was still there from that event. So, you know, if anybody's been to a Loop Garou hunt, you can let email us, us and let us know <laughs> um, what exactly you found at the end of that hunt. I'll ask but, my French um, teacher, maybe she knows somebody. <laughs> uh, but I didn't really answer my question, like why the French specifically are so interested with the idea of the werewolf and what's their deal with not liking the wolves but 
I guess it just kind of brewed there long enough for people to just really take hold of that fear of that human slash wolf coming. And maybe they them. had like a wolf problem, you know, eat, you know, eating their cattle and things like that. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's I've more heard on their of mind. Like, that's like where you get like the fainting goats or whatever. Have you heard of that? fainting goat you know like where the goats get really scared and then they they fall over and they they're alive but they like kind of oh, like fall yeah, over yeah so and it's like a genetic um thing it's like a hereditary thing that you just like have these fainting goats when they get scared they literally like oh. fall over <laughs> apparently people would have those um specifically so that like if like a wolf or something were to attack their flock it would get that one that would be like the weak one and oh. it would get that one first right you know because it's so the others could gray. run away yeah so oh. oh it's like a sacrificial goat <laughs> i know it's kind of like I'm... jurassic bark all over again right <laughs> um i'm a vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um what, what does he say it's like what you've never had lamb chops i'm a vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I I didn't really answer that that for me but I guess it just is like right time right place or wrong time wrong place um but yeah, that was my to topic the, you have to listen to the lore episode I will I'll have to go back and listen I'm yeah. sure I probably did hear it um because I, I remember even him talking he, about it I can't remember if he talked about the uh what was the place called in uh it yeah, says I in don't, southern France. I don't remember if he, he. I'm sure he did, but he he just kind I of mean, like that in itself is pretty nuts that that many people perished. Um, but I really wanted to know like what's the deal with like why they, you know, were so obsessed with the idea of werewolves to begin with, and they did not answer that question. Oh, that is too bad. <laughs> well but if you're interested listen to um that uh episode from um my favorite murder karen does a great job retelling about the specific uh murders of the individuals and the, and the story of the town and everything and then yeah i don't think hunt. i heard that episode it, i think it's from i believe it's from um either august or september of this past year okay so this is a very good episode that's good and she goes into a lot of detail yeah, I've been listening to a lot of uh, reality TV gossip um, <laughs> podcasts. Oh, yeah. What was that one that you mentioned last time? The um, podcast? Everyone's Business But Mine? Yes, that's it. And the other one I'm really into now is Watch What Crappens. <laughs> yes, that's it. Did that's I mention that? One. Okay. That's yeah. the one. I'm telling that's you. And, and now they're like, now they're playing reruns of certain shows like all day so when I'm working from home and I have the tv on I'm like yeah I'll just kind of watch this show for now in the background and then before I know it, I'm like oh my god look what look what Carl's doing now <laughs> yeah I mean that's what I really like when I'm doing things like on the computer I like to yeah. have sound in the background it helps me zone out so like I'll put like a Netflix show or something on my phone too. yeah the only problem is like when you kind of get into it and then <laughs> I'm like wait 
I really like Rewind. this a ton. So I always pick stuff that I'm not like super invested yeah. in. Yeah. Well, you also fast forward through a lot of stuff too. This is very, very, <laughs> very true. Truer words have never been spoken about me in the way that I watch TV. Like, we oh, they're it. walking, fast forward. <laughs> okay, and then that's like stopped. the most important. Thing and then there will be like two characters that I just straight up don't care about. Don't want to hear them talk. <laughs> yeah. The ADD is what real if it's something on the Zoom call, folks. <laughs> Um, then you know what? Too bad, so sad, missed it. And there's always a rewind. That has happened before where I'm like, hold on, wait, what? And then I have to go oh, all the way one of the eight back. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Don't so you wish you could do that with life sometimes? Like fast forward through this bullshit. Like the movie <laughs> Click? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that wonderful film. <laughs> So mine was pretty short. I guess it lived up to what I said. Um, yeah, mine's actually, my mind ended up being kind of short too. In terms of like information, maybe the discussion part will be more because <laughs> might hit home for so someone. Let's provide some discussion questions for the audience. <laughs> Don't you love it when they have those at the back of the book that you're reading? Yeah, I know. Like, what the hell? Sometimes I've actually looked at them if, if the end of the book was like confusing and I'm like, maybe these questions will help. And nope. <laughs> They had that in the back of that book that I gave you. Oh yeah, I um, think I might have recently, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> I don't need a Q and A for this." Yeah, this is terrible. <laughs> um, anyway, the part I don't get this week, um, and it's not that I don't get the the topic. I'm. It's just more of like I'm curious about it and want more information. Kind of. Okay. Um, is the egg freezing process? Um, and like what like how successful it is and what goes into it also known as oocyte cryopreservation <laughs> and you're not talking about cryogenically freezing humans no but that would have been a good like topic. walt disney that no 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 i'm talking about literally getting taking your eggs freezing them and then using okay. them later for ivf or in vitro fertilization okay so um my sources were mayo clinic good website down. wikipedia um there's some good articles uh, an article in the guardian um and actually instagram was because there's a lot of like a big movement now to to like kind of post your you know like amy schumer like posting your journey and but i'll get to that in a little bit later um so basically um the process of oocyte cryopreservation is a method used to um, preserve a woman's ability to get pregnant in the future. Uh, she has her eggs harvested from, um, harvested, that's the word they use, um, from her ovaries um, and they are frozen, unfertilized um, and stored for later use. Um, okay. And later when you're ready to use them, they are thawed and combined with sperm in a lab um, to create so an embryo. they're not re-injected into your body? No, I, I thought oh. the same thing, but no. Okay. So they are, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, so once they're made into an embryo with the sperm, then they're, they can be implanted into okay. either your uterus or like a well, surrogate. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's no, no, silly it grows in. The- <laughs> That's a silly, it's a yeah. petri dish, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> Remember when people used to say that, like, oh, they were a test tube baby or I was a test tube baby. I, I always guess- said that about myself because I just can't think of my parents that way. Yeah. <laughs> 
any yeah, other way where i do have like a memory don't thing. i was a test tube baby but don't i'm assuming know. that refers to in vitro i guess i guess which is now much more common um, or but, it could be yeah. like a surrogate situation yeah so reason there's many reasons people freeze their eggs um medical conditions that might affect fertility for example sickle cell anemia um, or autoimmune diseases like lupus um, or if you're, they even said, if you're transgender and about to like, you know, um, transition, um, and you're going to be undergoing like hormone therapy. Um, also if you're undergoing cancer treatment, um, cause that does oh, affect your yeah. fertility, unfortunately. Um, and then, uh, to preserve for future use, like if you're like, I want to have kids in the future, but yeah. not now. Yeah. So that's kind of like, those yeah. are the main reasons. The reasons kind of make sense to me. I right. Guess. Yeah. Um, so basically it's um, the doctor will, it, it's, it's a lot of steps. Um, a lot of, Is quite it a grueling painful? process. Yes. Um, so of course apparently it it's like kind of, if it like, involves the female reproductive system, right. it's going to be painful. Like they tell you apparently like, Oh, it's, you'll, experience some cramping I mean it's different for everyone basically yeah that makes sense too yeah so they say you'll like experience some cramping after but like some women were like it was like really bad or they had morning sickness um but anyway so the first you have to go in and the doctor like basically like sticks one of those like um trans speculum no 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 it's (laughs) uh it's oh gosh transvaginal I hate to say it but it's like a stick (laughs) Um, it's a, it's a sonogram that goes up your vagina. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then they, they determine how many eggs you have. We like to refer to it as the hoo-ha here on this podcast, Jay. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Are you offended by the I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But JJ. (laughs) So, um, they, so they determine how many eggs you have and, um, can you, Guess when we are, when we have the most eggs? When we're 20. No, actually when we are a fetus. <laughs> really? In the womb. Holy yeah, we have cow. Three, wow. I mean, isn't that weird? We have 3 million eggs in each ovary when we were, when, as a female fetus. And then three at birth. Periods later. <laughs> even at birth, that number has already dropped to 500,000. And by puberty, wow. a a girl is, or female is down to 150,000 per ovary, which, you know, is still a lot, but it's like from, I had 3 million. What the heck? Where are these going? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. They must be really small. I know that's really stupid to say, but. No, I, I, was, thinking, <laughs> I was like 3 million, 3 million of anything. Like, yeah, I know. they must be, I guess, you know, microscopic. Um, so, okay. Uh, after it's determined how many eggs you have, you will, you have to take synthetic hormones to stimulate your, stimulate your ovaries to produce multiple eggs rather than just a single egg that you usually produce once per month. Um, and this process is one of the kind of grueling parts because you basically have to, um, yeah. So you basically have to inject yourself. Fantastic. Um, I think it's okay. Wait, sorry. I'm looking. Cause actually the hormones might not be what you have to inject yourself with. Um, but it says 
I have here, once the eggs are ready for retrieval, which takes about 10 to 14 days, an injection of human chorionic donodotropine can help eggs mature. Okay, so I'm sorry. So you, you inject yourself for about two weeks with this hormone that will speed up the number of eggs that you produce and then will also make the eggs like mature. And then this other hormone that- They were toddlers before, now they're mature. Yes, I don't know what makes it mature, but okay. And so this is just the beforehand. This is just, um, you know- Before even extraction. Yes, yeah, this is just foreplay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the process of actually retrieving your eggs is done under sedation um they do that's what i want that's the word i wanted a vaginal ultrasound to identify um, egg follicles and then this is the fun part they stick a needle um all the way up there into your ovaries (laughs) and then they get they retrieve each follicle with suction yeah nice and you can get up to 15 eggs per cycle um which sounds like a lot, but actually really Apparently isn't not. from what I've okay. read. Yeah. Um, like I know, um, like Amy Schumer was saying, I think she got like 21 eggs or something like that. Oh. And out of all of those, I think she only got like one that was like good enough to use. And oh, then, wow. Yeah. So you could go through all of that and have none that are viable. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, like, you know, they say it's like, it's really about the quality, not the quality. I mean, obviously. 10,000 years or $10,000 later. Exactly. Yeah. So that, yeah. Uh, um, so the eggs, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So freezing. So the eggs are stored at sub-zero tem- temperatures. Um, and they say, this is even better. The unfertilized egg is harder to keep uh, or harder to freeze than the fertilized embryo just because of the makeup. Um, Did they ever fertilize it and then freeze it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what uh, I think. That's what if what y'all don't stay together? Well, well, that's another <laughs> ethical dilemma in itself. I know. I think there's been like, yeah, some court cases about that. Probably, um, probably. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's the whole like, where does life begin type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the they use the freezing process is called vitrification and it basically like is like a flash freezing process that keeps ice crystals from forming so it just freezes it really fast um so once you are ready to use the eggs they are thawed and then um fertilized with sperm in a lab and then implanted into yours or someone else's uterus um so the chances of, I guess, once you go through all that and have a good egg um, that has been fertilized, the chances of becoming pregnant are 30 to 60%, which I'm like, eh, you think it'd be a little higher, but. Um, 30 to 60. Yeah. Oh, and um, most women 38 years and under, they said, can expect about 10 to 20 eggs per cycle in terms of like retrieving. Um, but from what I read, most women had to go through multiple cycles just to get like, just to get one. Fantastic. I know. And isn't this exciting? Um, (laughs) it costs 
about, um, I think you mentioned about $10,000 to undergo. Oh, I just guessed. Oh, no, you were right. Uh, <laughs> oh just gosh. to undergo um, the egg freezing cycle. And then after one year, there's an annual storage fee. Oh, I guess for, that makes sense. For the, yeah, to hold the egg. I'm like, that was another thing. I was like, where do they keep it? But I think they keep it at the fertility clinic. Um, What's the storage fee? I don't know. It didn't say. Like, wow, it's an expensive, like, you know. Oh my God. And then I bet you there's a really good percentage of people that never end up using them. You know, that's a good question. I didn't even. And then they spend all that money, effort, and time. And then they end up, or or then they end up having like a a baby breakup naturally. Or, you know, they, you know, who knows, pass away or get sick or. Yeah, that's interesting. That's like a I don't know. Question. Forget. Um, I, I don't think that's a big secret. When you're uh, $10,000 in the uh, Yeah. <laughs> well, the good joking. thing is more and more insurance companies are covering it. But, you know, not everyone has insurance. So. Exactly. And then, so the freezing was the $10,000. And then the thawing is another 5000 The oh, The my. process of fertilization, embryo transfer, all that. So it's really more like a 15,000, I should say. Um, so you're like, honey, put this in the cooler. We're going to, we're going to thaw that on our own. Just, we got the defroster on. I don't want to pay the fee. We got that <laughs> defroster at home. I don't want to pay for that. <laughs> it's really good. It's good quality. Got that new microwave <laughs> oven. Better put it to use. You know what I'm <laughs> um, So the first birth from a frozen egg was actually in 1986. So that person is now my age. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) explain so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in 2009, uh, only 475 women used the procedure and it was like very sparingly, you know, for, I think for mostly medical reasons. But then in 2012, the American Society for Reproductive Medicine removed the experimental label um, from the from you know IVF so now it was like I guess approved for everyone and so in 2018 13,275 women froze their eggs I think I guess that's in America um and big shock with the pandemic um More there's been a huge it. huge increase in um egg egg retrievals is what I in there there's actually an really from so more Grove people facility. want to have kids now uh yeah because um like one article I read like this woman would travel all the time for work and was always busy and then finally with the pandemic she was like you know she had to stay and you know yes, have time. That, so she's like all right not forever but I guess I guess for like the nine months of pregnancy yeah and then potentially okay but I still. guess she figured that's like when I'm people are getting case. puppies and then when you yeah. go back to work I mean obviously well, it's not well, the same remember thing. the egg retrieval is just like you know just <clears throat> taking it out for future use so they're like well I have time now I'll do it I think kind of thing but yeah so but those like you said might be the ones that don't actually get used who knows um so the success of um you know the the process is um four to twelve percent um pregnancy rate per egg so it's like basically just because you get a good egg I mean I don't know 
how they determine it. Like, I guess apparently our eggs get like old the longer they sit in there. Um, but it's not very high at all. I know for something that costs so much. I and know. It's like, geez. I know. I would want a little bit of a higher percentage rate. Yeah, but there's some good if you if you look up the hashtag um, IVF on Instagram. There's some really good like posts about like <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's like you're one was like it was just like a sign it was just like your pregnancy announcements are triggering me (laughs) and um Um, yeah yeah (laughs) and and then there was apparently Paris Hilton did a uh like a podcast interview and she's 39 and she was like talking about how she's gonna do IVF and kind of brushed it off like because I want to have twins and so now there's this big movement like um like calling out Paris Hilton for just the way they kind of like lacked IVF off of if it was like this really like easy thing that, you know, you just do if you want to have twins or that, you Mm -hmm. know, celebrities do, but actually um, like a lot of people have come like um, come forward and, and, you know, talk about their struggles with fertility, including like Michelle Obama. She had, they had their kids with IVF. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously like we mentioned before, Amy Schumer has posted like, pictures with her like stomach all bruised um yeah even now, like she, Hathaway. <laughs> she had her first son without IVF but now she's talking about having another kid right and now I, I she's going so. through the process so that's what I to, gathered yeah I I couldn't figure out if the first kid was was through IVF or not I know this that she kept saying I want to give Jean a brother um and I know but then in another article I read recently, she said, like, she doesn't want to ever be pregnant again because, like, she had awful. a really rough pregnancy. Yeah, she had, like, she had, like, that special, con- yeah, she had, yeah. there's, like, a name for what she had, yeah, and it's so bad, and she, like, went yeah. to the hospital a bunch of times because she couldn't when stop I throwing up. Me, I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds awful. Yeah. That does not sound, that does not sound like what and, they tell you in health class when you're 10. Yeah, exactly. They should tell and, everybody about that. <laughs> you know, they really should. Well, to be fair, I think what she had was pretty rare. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean I think we can get it for the first trimester or whatever. Yeah. But I think we can all attest that people make like make these things, IVF, natural childbirth, they make it sound like way simpler than it really is. Yes. You know. And that was like one of the articles I read from someone who's gone through it. She said um she hates how glamorized it is because it's and the shame that comes around like having to use medical treatment um you know to to have a baby and not just being able to naturally and your little beautiful baby bump photos and they're all always nude in some valley somewhere yeah with like tall grass going up their butt and you're like come on yeah like there's some pictures like people I don't know if you can even see this but like um yeah like they'll they'll show a picture of their baby with like a bunch of needles around it well it sounds really bad but with needles like nearby and it's just worth every shot like things like that <laughs> <laughs> um my but, goodness yeah I haven't seen those can't say I have yeah so you know just another fun you know part of being a woman <laughs> <laughs> there are so many parts that yeah. are just a laugh riot oh yeah so much fun um yeah so that was 
um, basically it is definitely, and you know, they definitely recommend, or they might even require, I don't know, like to go to counseling, like in the process. I definitely think it would be I can't idea. see that that would, that would be harmful. I feel like that would be extremely beneficial. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of like, you know, when you're going through like a weight loss surgery, they make you. Get, yeah. 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 And then like, and a lot of people talk about like they went through miscarriages, even with the IVF and. Um, oh, that, that's going to be very hard. I know like this. Several. <laughs> this was really, actually this whole topic was super depressing. And then I was like, shoot, I freeze my eggs now. Like, hell. <laughs> But I'm like, is it yeah, I don't an know, extra is it ten grand just lying around? Well, I mean, well, obviously, if my insurance covered it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to research and to look into for sure. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's different. Everybody's got that different yeah, life story. You don't. Yeah, you don't know you know, if you have fertility issues until it becomes, I know, isn't that interesting? All those 16 and pregnants out there, you know, yeah, and then you one and two like that, and then they get pregnant a second time that I really can't like that show unexpected on TLC. That one girl's like, oh, I got pregnant again. Like, really? You didn't learn from the first one. That- or even just, uh, you know, the, the, um, I didn't, the show, like, I didn't know I, I didn't was know pregnant. I pregnant. Oh my yeah, goodness. I went to the bathroom and then all of a sudden. <laughs> oh my goodness. Could you imagine? Whew, that would be a surprise to yeah. say the least. Well, that yeah. was good. All right, this is a very yeah. informative episode, both you and I. Look at us. We're, we're helping people. <laughs> we're helping people things. out. <laughs> and if you know if you have an IVF story or uh you know went through the process and would like to share please feel free to email us or you know shout us it's shout gotta it be out. really challenging and that yeah. waiting process and not knowing more power yeah. to it to every everyone out there who's trying to do that you know right my Hopefully heart will come up with maybe like easier ways of doing it and less invasive and you know more more successful yeah all right well we both had really short topics it's i guess this kind of balances out because the last couple episodes were super long because we are as chatty kathy it's just couldn't get enough of each other um I was talking to like um, my therapist the other day and she's like, I love how you just suddenly turned into a Canadian. You know, like, Cause like, I just like oh, yeah. randomly changed my voice and she's only known me for like a, a, like a two months. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I do that. Wait, how is it Canadian though? I didn't think it was, but I'm just going to roll with is this it. Is it the one that people used to say, are you imitating Sarah Palin? No, it wasn't like a, a it wasn't like a, I just like weirdly changed my voice and apparently I became a Canadian, you know, um, you know, that's a terrible Canadian. I mean, it's Florida. I think it's more uh, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, check us out on, uh, this is the part I don't get on Instagram and Facebook and email us your wonderful stories and topics and comments and questions on the part I don't get at gmail.com. And we will see you guys in another two weeks. Bye. Bye.